Log Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Phil Stop. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Phil Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646 915 8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thhctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Holy March. It's March 20th. First day of spring or something. You golf glass of that and break some glass. Just have a heart. It'll be a shotgun. I love it. First day of spring. I think it's supposed to be tomorrow, but the news said today. I don't know if we trust the news. I don't know if we trust the news. At any rate, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my weed-smoking neighbor? Okay, that was bad. Anyway, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. It is March 20th for the Bessie. And um, we have a great show today. No cannabis kid is not here. Oh, but Silver Sister is. We got chai tea, cheese, smoothie. We have a 1925 edition of the U.S. Pharmacopoeia Theoia. I don't know how you say that, pronounced on the way it's spelled. Pharmacopoeia Theoia. It's very strange. It's O-P. And I don't know if this is a Greek thing right here, because it's like a half of a C, the carbonone connected to an E. I'm not even kidding. Look at that. Look at that. And the, typo because this was written in a typewriter. No, look it. See? Oh, it's it's got to be a Greek thing. It's connected. Pharmacopoeia. Pharmacopoeia. Well, you know, in 1800s, they didn't have encyclopedias. They had cyclopedias. Um, ah, it's just the neighbors. That's all right. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure when the N, when the N came in to all of this, but... You know, things change, languages change, people change, and uh, our pharmacopoeia, sepia, sepia, well, it's basically the color the books are, they're sepia. Uh, you guys are agreeing with one of these. 
anyway, I read a couple weeks ago from the um, 1905 version I have that I can't even open very much because the side's coming off. Yeah, the letter, the pharmacopoeia. Um, but I can read in this one because this is, this first one is leather and it's so sexy. <laughs> it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. I just like touching it. 1900. And this one is 1925. Um, uh, oh, this book owned by Gerald Wiley of the Wiley Library. Look at that. Jerry Wiley had his own stamp, Gerald Wiley. And he had his own library. That's really great. Oh, I bet it was. Uh, Connecticut Agra Station, New Haven, Connecticut, 1925, 1028, 1925. This was in um, response to the, by authority of the United States Pharmacopoeia Convention held at Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, May 11, 1920. Here's our official stamp, and we'll get right to it. Uh, nope, we're going to not go to heavy metals testing. We are going to go right to the page that says marijuana, <laughs> i.e. cannabis, i.e. cannabis, i.e. cannab. Those are the three words you have at the top. Cannabis, all caps, cannabis with a capital, and cannab, 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 C-A-N-N-A-B, period, it says, period. Maybe it's an abbreviation of cannabis, cannab. <laughs> Take off, you cannab. <laughs> Oh, anyone from my era is laughing hard. You might not know that. Page 95, if you have the copy of the 19, uh, United States 1925 U.S. Pharmacopoeia, you can read along. <laughs> cannabis consists of the dried flowering tops of the pistillate plants of cannabis, the Tive, Linne family, and here's the letters mixed all up again, Morosei. I don't know how you Cannabis in the form of the fluid extract administered by the mouth to dogs. What? Dogs. In doses not exceeding 0.1 cc for each kilogram of body weight um, of dog produces a degree of incoordination equivalent to that caused by the same dose of the standard fluid extract of cannabis prepared as directed below. It contains not more than 10% of its fruits. Large foliage leaves, stems over three millimeters in diameter, and not more than 2% of other foreign organic matter. I don't know what that is, probably dirt. It yields not more than 5% of acid insoluble ash. Okay, description and physical properties. Okay, here we go. Cannabis in 1925. Ungrown cannabis. In separate tops or more or less agglutinated masses of fragments consisting of the short stems with their leaf-like brackets and pistillate flowers or more or less developed fruits, color green to dark green or greenish brown, odor is agreeable, somewhat heavy and narcotic, tastes somewhat acrid and pungent. It tastes acrid and pungent. That's true. It really does. Leaves digitally compound, usually broken. Leaflets with entire linear lancelet, nearly sessile, margin deeply serrate. Bracts ovate, pubescent, each enclosing one or two pistillate flowers or more or less developed fruits. Uh, calyx, dark green, pubescent, and somewhat folded around the ovary. Styles two, 
filiform and pubescent ovary with a single camelotropous ovule, stems cylindrical, long, uh, long, longitudinally furrowed, light green to light, uh, light brown, strigose, pubescent. Here's the structure of the stem. Yeah, I know you all understood that. Mm-hmm, I did. Um, <laughs> cortex compound. It's composed, the cortex is composed of colon chima and in the larger stems of numerous strands of more or less lignified bass fiber, strongly lignified wood with medullary rays, one cell wide. <laughs> Piss, often hollow. Rosette, aggregates of calcium, oxalate, numerous. The pith is hollow. Powdered cannabis. Powdered cannabis is dark green. Epidermis from lower surface of leaves with sinuate vertical walls and numerous oval stomata from upper surface with straight walls and no stomata, non-glandular hairs, numerous unicellular rigid curve with a very slender pointed apex and an enlarged base usually containing calcium carbonate masses, glandular hairs of two kinds. One with a short one-celled stalk, the other with a long multicellular tongue-shaped stalk, the head being globular globular, and consisting of eight to 16 cells, fragments of brackets, um, bracts and leaves shown yellowish-brown, latissiferous vessels, numerous rosettes, uh, aggregates of calcium oxalate, 0 0.005 to 0.030 millimeters in diameter, and strands of spirals, tracheae, and phlegm, Fragments of fruits with palisade-like non-lignified cells with yellow, yellowish-brown, finely porous walls, usually containing air, tissue of embryo and endosperm with numerous oil globules and alurone grains, the latter from 0.005 to 0.010 millimeters in diameter, displaying crystalloids and globioids. Diluted hydrochloric acid added to powdered cannabis causes effervescence visible under the microscope. Huh? Mm -hmm. in the dark. Assay. Use adult dogs which weigh less than 15 kilograms and which are susceptible to the action of cannabis. The dogs must not be fed for 12 hours before being used and observation be, should be made within one hour after administration. The same animal must not be used for testing purposes at shorter intervals than three days. Administer the fluid extract in gelatin capsules by the mouth. Well, first of all, I'm just going to comment on this here. Okay, go ahead, Belle. Yeah, Belle, Belle's raising your hand. Um, you, you're going to put a, all that cannabis on an empty stomach in a dog? They can't communicate with you and how it's going to feel. And you're going to do this every three days. You're going to take 12 hours of food away from it and put this all on an empty stomach. Well, we tell people to eat with this stuff. What is wrong with you people? Well, what was wrong with you? Well, it works quicker. They probably knock the shit out of the dog. So vets probably really like that. Yeah, on an empty stomach, it's going to take real, real serious. <laughs> Gelatin capsules by the mouth. Okay. All right. I think it continues. Oh, yeah. Uh, the standard fluid extract of cannabis 
Prepare a composite fluid extract representing at least 10 different lots of cannabis. Conforming to the official botanical description and administer this fluid extract in gelatin capsules to dogs by the mouth. The standard fluid extract must be so adjusted that it will produce incoordination in dogs which have been found to be susceptible to the action of cannabis when administered in doses of 0.03 cc for each kilogram of body weight of dog. Preparations, extractum cannabis, fluid extractum cannabis. Well, <laughs> that's far away from 20 years prior when they just told you about the little plant. Now they're testing on animals in 1920. That's what's happening, animal testing. Mm. Yeah, shotgun. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, let's let's just um, Arizona. Well, we're gonna have Arizona. First of all, squirrel just smoked a bowl. Let's back up a little bit. Thank you to Tumbleweed Cell Center, forty-eight twenty-six East Broadway Boulevard, for always hosting this awesome show, for letting us do this awesome show. And just for being awesome and for certifying everybody um, that we that we can um, get records for and diagnose and help out with this wonderful, wonderful plant. It's not a hard process. It's very simple, in fact. If you have medical records in the last 12 months that are signed by your physician, preferably an MD, but we know that a lot of you can't get to see those anymore. So you've got your nurse practitioners and your nurse's assistants and your nurse's aides. Who else signs these things these days? Physicians, assistants. Um, there's big words like particular and delicatessen. You watch Fringe, you know, um, <clears throat> if you have, you can go to Tumbleweed Health Center. Go to the certification section. And if you have one of these conditions, now, and you got to think outside the box here a little bit, because when it comes to chronic pain and, you know, shakes and seizures, seizures and things like that, epilepsies, there's all sorts of Parkinson's calls in here, and dementia's in here, but it doesn't say that per se, restless leg syndrome. But if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, that's dementia and all that stuff. A chronic or debilitating, oh, that's, that's any symptoms. That's you lose your keys, you're freaking out, you're crying, you're punching, you forget everybody, you forget yourself, you don't, you've been playing piano for 40 years, you don't know what it is, and it's the whole thing. It's, it's all of that. It's agitation. I like how they put that, the agitation, because anything, it's everything. If you have a chronic or debilitating disease or a medical condition, or just the treatment, if you're taking medications for something that's not on this list and it's making you throw up and it's having, giving you nausea and it's causing cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe or chronic pain, um, severe nausea, seizures, including those characteristic of epilepsy, service, uh, severe persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of multiple sclerosis. If you suffer from one of these If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis.
With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com. Uh, go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. We are, seriously, it's coming out. We have an option for you to buy a wonderful new tincture for fun new flavors. Cinnamon, spearmint, natural, and botanical. Uh, botanical blend. There's all sorts of cool things in there. Tangerines and lavenders and vanillas and bergamot. So it's a whole blend of beauty. Come on down to Tumbleweed Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, and check those out. They're beautiful. They're awesome. They taste better than anything I've ever tasted, ever, in the CBD world, like ever. They're amazing. Um, also... What was amazing was the interview that we had with um, this incredible person, Brian, and you can check him out at Brian Walks USA. I'll post it on our blog here, see if anyone's out there. Good morning, ganja lovers. Um, we had a chat with Brian. He's walking across our country, um, but now with a bad knee, grabbed the van, and he's um, cruising around our country and walking around the different cities. And he's talking to people and bringing awareness uh, to mental health issues. Yes. We clap for that because it's a very important topic that not a lot of people want to discuss. You don't, you know, it's hard. Even even just being in a depressed state and even if you reach out to someone, it's, it's awkward for that someone as much as it is awkward for you. It's awkward for the other person. So what do they say? And, you know, so a lot of times people just keep it on the down low. They don't really say anything at all. Until you see the commercial for Lahuaha. You know, these butterflies flying around that sparkly and leaving trails of Peter Bliss, and then you have to have that pill to be sure. Even then, I don't talk about it. You know, you know your doctor's having depression, you either. You know, it's, it's, some, sometimes it works, sometimes it's a hooey. So, um, Brian took it upon himself to um, walk from Florida, I think it was, all the way. He came all, he's cruising around Tucson now. Um, He's on his way back up to Washington, I believe, if he gets there. But we had the um, honor to sit down, Cannabis Kid and I um, sat down with him on Saturday and chatted. And we're going to play that um, interview for you now. So it's about 45 minutes long. Our show might go a little over or we might uh, air part of it on the next show. Who knows? Um, But sit back, relax, and um, let's see if this actually plays. Oh, well, let's get to the beginning. (laughs) All right, welcome back to Week 4 Wednesday. We don't know what day it is because we are doing a live interview. That's right. We're doing this live. We're We're actually all in the same room together, and it's so sad we don't have a giant bong. I know. We had giant bongs and lots of weed and yeah, we do a everywhere. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Brian, cool. welcome. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you for coming down to the shop to see us. And uh, I got an I got an email from another gentleman that's been on the show. Michael, thank you so much um, for reaching out. And I'm going to let Brian tell you his story because it's very interesting. And then we'll chat all about it. Okay, um, my name is Brian Jacobson. I'm a 50-year-old American um, from the Seattle area originally, and uh, I've been living the last 15 years in Norway. Um, moved back to the United States uh, 
about August or so, and uh, started to travel across the United States, uh, emphasis on walking as much as possible. Started out in Jacksonville Beach about five and a half, six months ago, and uh, have slowly made my way through to Tucson. Um, Incredible. Step by step, and uh, I've been doing this for mental health charities. It, it, it's been, uh, it's it kind of changed the whole overall scope of what I'm doing and, and, and how I'm doing. I didn't really know what I was getting into yeah. when I started this. I had no clue. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's been an incredible experience. Is there, is there a reason that you went into, or you're walking for mental health? Does it affect you, your family, loved ones, someone going um, by? And are you using, can, is this a walk for cannabis with mental health, or just a walk for mental health awareness, per se, in our country and the planet? Mental health awareness, per se. Um, okay. I've traveled through a lot of different districts, and being that I've been in Norway, where, where marijuana is still equated to about the same as heroin or whatever, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have a lot of... Uh, differentiation between okay. between it, 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 a lot of the culture over there is more of the opinion of okay if it's prescribed by a doctor then it's okay if it's not then it's not it's the category. Category. exactly yeah. um the reason why i'm doing this i, I was uh, married for 15 years that's the reason why i moved in norway i married a, a lovely norwegian lady a very sweet girl who has suffered greatly for pretty much her entire adult life from severe depression and chronic anxiety issues. Mm. Um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I when we got married as far as I just wanted to help her. I, I've always kind of had this white knight syndrome um, where I wanted to come in and, and try to help the, the women that I'm with. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's probably not the healthiest uh, way <laughs> to approach relationships, but uh, it, it, uh, it was quite an ordeal and put a huge amount of stress on me. She, she uh, went with many different psychologists and psychiatrists and the brain is such an unknown entity still. I mean, we've come a long ways in, in how we deal with it and how we work with it, but it was kind of like, okay, one guy's diagnosis here is you have bipolar, you have bipolar one, you have bipolar and PTSD. Uh, the other guy says, no, you have borderline personality disorder. Uh, hmm. Here, try this. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, try this medication for the depression. Oh, that one works. Okay, well, let's try this one with it for the anxiety. Oh, everything goes completely off the rails, uh, for example. Or things, you know, the typical story things would start going well, and, and she just didn't like the side effects, didn't like the stigma of, of being thought of as somebody that needed this type of help, and uh, she would uh, stop taking things. Um, things would go downhill. I don't want to delve deep into our relationship sure, about sure. what's going on. It, it can be painful for her if she hears this. She, she doesn't, she tends to get a little bit uh, insecure about sure. these things. Um, but uh, it, it put an incredible amount of strain on our relationship. Uh, at some point, um, I lost my job. Uh, basically had what I considered a complete breakdown and my behavior in itself was bad. Uh, when we came out of this, um, on the other side, uh, things were relatively better. Uh, without going into specific details, but I kind of didn't prioritize helping her as much as I should have at that point mm -hmm. because I said, oh, it's better than it used to. Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. Let's, let's move on. Um, so anyway, that, that, that was my personal situation. Uh, last year, about a year and a half ago, uh, we decided to separate. Um, 
I really came away feeling like I had uh, I failed her. Um, at the same time, my mother was uh, at ALS and was terminally ill, and uh, she was passing away at last April. And then uh, my job was cut back over the last couple of years and was working in a, as a subsea oil engineer. And uh, he uh, cut back from 3,000 people on the campus to 1,500 over several layoffs, and he announced another one. And I'm sitting there, all this going on at once. There's six feet of snow there. I mean, it's blown this house totally miserable. And uh, thinking about how this depression was was just setting on me like a, just like a weight. It was it was. Uh, I've been through some depression before, but in, you know, genetically speaking, I'm not prone to severe depression. Um, now, obviously, I had environmental factors that would completely explain what was going on with me then, and it is totally understandable that somebody would, would be in a bad situation at this point. And uh, I just, but I was thinking about how people have to live with this kind of stuff every day, about how there's no necessarily any real help. Mm -hmm. It all depends. You know, there's, there's, we've made great advancements, but we're, we're a long ways away from, from being able to uh, sit there and say, okay, you have this going on with mental health, take a shot, and cure it. You know, right. It, it, it right, right. Like that. No, our bodies aren't like that. So, um, so I, seriously thought that I needed a reset. I'd uh, never been in the South United States before. I decided I was going to just start going you were in Washington at that I was still in Norway. I, I, moved, I came back to, to Washington to spend uh, six weeks or so with my father before before I left. It was you know, the first time in his life he's ever been alone and oh. got married quite early. Oh. But uh, um, started out, went down to my buddies in, uh, in Jacksonville Beach, Beach Florida. Um, hmm. he, he talked for 20 minutes or so and got his story and 
down the road I went. Uh, eventually, you know, made it into to downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, started talking to people on the street. Uh, talked to a lot of people there. Started bringing them, you know, some meals. This has been a, a common theme about what I've been doing. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just kind of random encounters. Uh, a lot of times, if I'm in a in a someplace, somebody eating a sandwich in a diner, and uh, hear somebody talking and mention something, or I'll, I'll turn around and say, "Hey, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am." And, and uh, if you want to talk to me, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk to you. And uh, yeah. So, what is your? I mean, you're what you've been walking through. You walked with tombstone. Did you walk this Well, uh, we'll I, am, that. I, I, I did walk. I did walk around a, a lot in Tombstone. Okay. Oh, you went already. Yeah, I've already been there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's a little bit touristy for my. Are you documenting all these things as you go? I'm documenting it uh, a little bit in writing, uh, doing a little bit of video, not nearly enough for, you know, as you know, um, my buddy Mike is, uh, you know, doing documentary filmmaking at times and. Yeah. He's, you know, you say I'm not doing nearly enough, but uh, yeah. but it's mostly photos. It's mostly writing on okay. blogs and things like this. So it's, it's, do you ever do like an audio on your phone and just hit the voice report? No, I've not been doing that. Um, so how many people, how many towns have you, have you been to, and how many people have you talked to? Because I want to know. Yeah. Across what what you've done so far across the country, what's the most common illness, mental illness that you're coming across? Well, well, this is part of the issue that I ran into is that, uh, that when I first started, I was, like I said, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was focused on um, on just meeting people and talking to them, but the people that are generally available are the people that are out on the streets, that are homeless, the people that are having these, these types of issues, often a correlation, mm -hmm. strong correlation with drug abuse and mental illness and the, mm -hmm. you know, the, what came first, the chicken or the egg question. Right. Um, I've been talking with a lot of emergency responders, a lot of uh, policemen. I've been trying to talk to a lot of different uh, support organizations and, and uh, being a non-denominational person who's still spiritual, uh, mm. I, I'm not a person that's big on organized religion specifically over the years, but I have, you know, reestablished a little bit of faith in what the churches are doing, because they're the ones that I find that are down there on the street level actually helping. Yeah. So you, you can sit there and say, okay, this is happening in the hierarchy of the church, and it's mm -hmm. bad stuff, and blah, 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 but down on the community level, they are doing good stuff, and uh, uh, I've been impressed by that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been something that I've been uh, very, very happy to see. Um, but, uh, like I said, I was quite depressed when I first started walking. I, I was walking with a cart. Now, this has changed. Yeah. I made it about 300 and some miles past Tallahassee. My feet, I had to stop three times already from, from my feet bleeding. Um, my... You're wearing shoes. Yes. And your feet were still bleeding in there? Well, pulling the cart with the weight that I had on the cart, was pushing my toes up in the front of the, the, the shoes. Oh. I, I tried these toe protectors. I tried wrapping them. I tried, I tried all kinds of stuff, and and it, nothing would solve the problem. So uh, when I got to the point where I started hitting the, the bridges in the Gulf, oh. and uh, and uh, started hitting a few more hills, and I'm pulling this cart, and uh, how big of a cart were you pulling? It was probably 120 pounds oh. total. Um, and I was typically, you know, at the time I was just camping in a, in a I had a tent. And I was, Wherever you, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
able to do it that way. Uh, I, I really wanted to do that. A lot of people are all excited. I, I heard that's a million Forrest Gump jokes. Um, uh, but the reality of it was that even though I talked to other people that done similar things, and he told me, you know, as you walk along, people are going to stop and talk to you on the road. That does not happen. <laughs> that, that's not that's not what's going on. So hmm. basically, I was spending a ton of time alone in my head. Yeah, by yourself. Um, yeah. Pretty miserable at times. Uh, very yeah. lonely. Uh, huh. And uh, so this is unsustainable. Um, I went and bought an old uh, van, and uh, I use that now. But I'm still walking every day. I'm still walking 10, 15, 20, upwards. Of, I think the most I've ever walked in a day is probably about 35 miles. Um, but now, I, I, if I have the option, as opposed to walking on a road somewhere, um, I prefer to walk around town or a city. I've been walking around Tucson now for several days. Um, I, I walked here today. It was about a five-mile walk from where I was staying. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, some people are skeptical. I've gotten a little bit of negative feedback, but, uh, you know, screw those people. I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> trying to help people. What is, what is the feedback you're getting? Oh, you got, Positive you got a van now. You're just driving around. Oh, matter. Right. It's not uh, something that uh, I just kind of 
put my head down and, and say, look, it's a personal journey. I'll learn what I can and try to do something good along the way. What was your <clears throat> What was your goal starting out? What did you want this to be? I wanted to be able to to help people. I wanted to be able to have people realize it's okay to talk and open up about having problems. Um, again, I don't want to delve too deep into what my wife has to go through, but like I said, she doesn't like talking about what she goes through. Mm -hmm. um, and there's many, many people like that out there. Um, yeah. You know, my, my father is, is the same way, you know, he's not, he's the old school generation and, you know, he's never going to tell you or show you anything. He did not hurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and this yeah. is not the way it should be. Um, right. No. Uh, Do you think that's part of the reason why, well, maybe not that generation's way of thinking, but what, what do you think is the reason for all these school shooters and shooters at large and people blowing things up now just because they can and, and they and they're they're thinking, I mean they're they're posting and blogging and, and videoing all, that they're going to do this stuff, which is so scary. Well, where's the, where's the disconnect here? I, I mean I'm not an expert. I can't tell you specifically what these people are thinking and going. Yeah. What, what's their thought processes? Obviously there's something mm -hmm. severely wrong. Obviously they want a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. um, whether that attention is negative or not, it apparently doesn't matter. Um, they're, they're basically on a suicide mission, and, right. uh, and they obviously have been put in a situation where they have nothing to look forward to or live for. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of, kind of part of the conclusion of what I've, as I've come across the, the country is that we've created a society system that, uh, that is fundamentally broken on, on lower levels. And uh, as far as when I say lower levels, I mean... When you're developing as a child uh, into your personality about what's going on around you, uh, we, we don't have it. We don't have a, a correct support system to be able to help people. People are social animals. Um, these, these people that are often doing this kind of behavior are typically loners. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, I've, I've come to a, a bunch of different conclusions about, yeah. and, and still trying to learn a lot as I'm going along. And, and you know, some of them are. For example, there's, there's absolutely no reason whatsoever why mental health is not a class in our school curriculum from a young age. How to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, there's how to even understand it. Yeah. Yeah. From first grade or second grade or whatever it should be, it should be a class. It, should, it shouldn't just be either a short time. It should be continuing. It shouldn't be just a subject in health class. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it should be a, a very large part of the... The, the program for, right, for health sure. um, The kids in the next generations need to be able to say, okay, this is how I'm feeling, or I see how this person's acting and feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what's going on with them. This is what we need to do to help. Right. We've had none of this at all ever in our culture. And as we, we become more and more populous and more and more technology that are, you know, that, that's constantly throwing all this you know, it, it's a high level of stress with all this technology that's going on. It's awesome to have all this information right at your fingertips and all this contact and all this all this stuff. But the downside is, you're, you're, it, I don't think our brain is equipped to be able to handle it in a lot of ways. And it puts a lot of stress on the system. Um, it's, uh, so, I mean, that's one conclusion that I've come to, is uh, a lot of these people that I've talked to on the street, they've had that are, their childhood traumas, 
typically they haven't had problems with drug abuse until after the childhood trauma has happened. Um, now I can't speak on everybody and, and obviously each individual case should be evaluated and I'm talking to a lot of our police and emergency responders, they talk about the other way around, how the, the synthetic drugs, for example, are causing mental illness to be to be triggered in, in the person if they have you know, this genetic tendency along those mm -hmm. lines. But uh, yeah, it's well, I kind of wanted to pull some numbers. You had some numbers here on BrianWalkUSA.com. So it says more than 300 million people suffer from a serious depression. Over 260 million suffer from an anxiety disorder. And up to 20% of children and adolescents experience mental disorder, uh, neuropsychiatric conditions, and are leading a cause of disability in young and all um, in young people in all uh, regions. And then you've got uh, here in the United States alone, one in five or 43.8 million adults experience mental illness in a given year. And so just for our listeners out there, mental illness can be anything that, you know, a, an incident that happens to you where it can debilitate just the way that you think of your surroundings and where it puts you into a space of not even wanting to be there anymore. Yes. So, we also have, we have 1 in 100 uh, people living with schizophrenia, 2.6% or 6.1 million of all Americans have bipolar disorder, we've got 6.9% um, or 16 million suffer from a severe depression, 8.1% or 42 million live with an anxiety disorder, 90% of those uh, who died by suicide or um, the underlying mental illness itself. And only 41% of adults with mental health conditions receive help. And less than 50% of children, 8 to 15, receive their mental health services, which is incredible. I mean, you think about how this is affecting us on such a larger scale than what we're actually seeing and what's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, it says less than 20% of Americans with moderate depression symptoms sought help from a medical professional. And 4% of young adults with self-reported mental illnesses uh, needs for go care. So a lot of people that are out there aren't getting the help that they need. No, and it's and it starts so young too. You know, there, there, there are a lot of studies showing now, and, and I learned this in school, because I took early childhood, but unless you took early childhood education, you wouldn't learn that. Your formative years are when you're zero to five. I mean, that forms most yep. of who you are right there and then. You know, usually by three or four, you know, you've got your good solid grip of your core personality. And if you don't have stability or parents or food or education or friends or a house or, I mean, anything can trip it. Anything can really put you in, you know, a really challenging space mentally, you know. And it's, Oftentimes starts right at home. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the stories that I'm hearing from people on the street that are the, the people that I'm talking to on the street are are fundamentally broken. Mm -hmm. They're they're no longer able to function in the confines of our society. Um, now the stories that I hear from them are typically coming from later points in time, which is interesting to me. I'm not a I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so. But, you know, it's not, 
and I haven't obviously done case studies on each individual one to see what their childhood was like in those formative years, but uh, traumatic uh, occurrences that have happened later on in life quite happen is oftentimes what puts them into the situation. It triggers whatever is going on with them, um, and I've heard just stories that are just heartbreaking. Um, it, it, I, you know, it's it, you can't even you can't even really sit here and, and say how how bad it is. It's, uh, it's things that people should never have to go through. Um, yeah. Oftentimes passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. uh, the veterans is another one. The PTSD. Uh, all these people in general, which not only are they not able to function within the society, they have an inherent distrust oftentimes of, of authority about what's going on, which is part of the mental illness, right. but also past experience because of the way that we treat the people with mental illness is, it exasperates this. Right. Um, the, uh, they're inferior people going and getting the help that they need because they don't trust, they're scared, and they don't want to yeah. even and and oftentimes uh, there is a series of systems that has very specific steps to get through to get your help to to get move forward. And these people are not capable of going through a system that's a step by step basis. Maybe they're capable of doing it for a few weeks, but at some point, if they have some sort of uh, something happen, they they can go completely off the rails, and then they're right back to step one. Yeah, absolutely. They might not have this basic the life skills. The patient's life skills, and it, well, it's the way that they have to direct through these systems. It well, makes if it so difficult. Skills, if you don't have the skill to just even write your name properly or fill out a basic you know, intake mm -hmm. form at your doctor's office, which a lot of people don't, just for various reasons, right. you're, you're starting off in trouble. Yeah. You know, And there aren't a lot of people um, that are willing to help those right. that are, you know, there's, it's, it's a challenge out there. It's a big challenge out there. There's just a great need uh, for support. Well, unfortunately, our society has gotten to the point where we tend to ignore it. And uh, I, I think it's starting to get a little bit more focus on it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you see these people out there every day and, and you can't help everybody. So even when you're trying to help, you tend to be have to walk by them and just, Ignore them at some point. You have no choice. I do this on a daily basis. I'm out there. I, I, I was here in Tucson. I bought, I think, 20 meals yesterday for people. And then there was a guy across the street. He looked in really rough shape. He was up against this wall, and he looked, he looked like he'd been through some really rough times. Probably completely mentally unstable, I'm guessing. But I didn't go over there and sit down and talk to him. I didn't go over there and bring him stuff. And I'm the guy that's out there trying to help mm -hmm. and do this. And then, uh, but it's the same thing. How many, how to, many, yeah. how many people can I do this with my on a daily basis? Um, uh, very quickly back to the journey. Like I said, I got a van. Um, I'm still walking every day. The van has allowed me to get to places that I would not be able to get to for my own sanity. I've prioritized going into parks, mm -hmm. going to museums. Those have been two of the things that I focus on quite a lot. So people look at my blog and, and they read this. They see me a lot in museums, walking around a lot around the parks. The, uh, I was down at the National Monument. The uh, uh, How do you pronounce it? The Chira. Oh, Chira. Chira. 
how good we can see. Chiricahua? Yeah. Or, yeah. And, okay. um, you know, I spent a few days walking around there, spectacular mm -hmm. place, for mm -hmm. example. I didn't walk all the way down there. I, I went to, to uh, the town right above it, was it Winslow or yeah, Winslow? And I, I, was, I stayed there overnight. I got up in the morning and I walked a bunch of miles down the road, came back to the van, then I drove the rest of the way down to the place, and then I stayed a few days down there, hiked around the spectacular uh, rock formations yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, so this is that's an example of how I've handled things. Yeah. Um, uh, I've spent I've spent it'll be six days I think in Tucson before I take off five or six days, and I'll, I'll maybe go out and walk along the way if there's a back road somewhere, or maybe I'll just jump forward to Phoenix and start checking out Phoenix. And who's funding all this for you? Me. Uh, I've had some support with some friends and some family have given me some some help. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but generally speaking, this is all coming right out of my own pocket. Um, mm -hmm. uh, quite frankly, I made good money on my you know, my jobs I've been doing over the years. Uh, but money has never ever bought me any happiness. Um, the only time I've ever really cared about money at all is when I don't have it. And now I have a little bit extra and uh, like to have this adventure and try to give a little bit back. And how long are you going to be on the road? How much longer do you have? Uh, I've been really struggling lately. I, I came down with the flu last week, mm. um, which was really rough. I was sitting there by myself in the back of the in the back of this van and uh, had a fever and uh, mm. and sleeping and wondering if. I was able to, to actually drive to a hospital without passing out. Hmm. Um, when I was coming out of that, I was quite weak. I was still trying out to get around and hike around and walk around and stuff. But uh, I kind of hit a low point again, which has happened periodically. And uh, it, it's just such a struggle when you see this on a day-to-day -day basis and, and you're dealing with your own stuff. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that the original plan was to get all the way to the Pacific Ocean and then cut up the coast back to the Seattle River where I'm from. At that point, if I could have dipped my foot in the Pacific Ocean, I would have ran back to the van and driven forward at 40 miles an hour over the speed limit back back home. I would have I would have totally given up right then. Now that's changed since then. I've been able to get a little rest. I'm feeling better. Oh. But uh, I'm thinking at this point now, I want to get all the way to the Pacific Ocean. I might. Take a month and just find some place where I can set up my tent. Mm -hmm. um, some place where I can swim, and uh, maybe there's a local soup kitchen that I can volunteer at and spend a month. And then after that month, reevaluate to see if I really want to continue going or whether I think, okay, this is enough. I I really don't see. Uh, generally speaking, I don't see how much more there is for me to learn by doing this. Um, Individual cases, talking to individual people, I still learn things. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, uh, I, I, it's not the situation isn't any different from one place to the next. In fact, Tucson is actually one of the places for a city with a little bit of a population that's actually doing, I think, pretty good by my standards from what I've seen. I'm talking to the local law enforcement, so you paint a much uh, yeah. a much darker picture. Yeah. Um, but quite frankly, the areas in, in this city that, that people consider to be the quote-unquote bad areas um, that have been sent to by the police and by the locals, uh, you know, there's not that many homeless. There's not that many 
opened up businesses that are shut down with, you know, there's not many places with uh, broken out windows and bars over everything. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's been a little bit uplifting for me, actually. Depends on the time of day,
and asking kind of about the things that are happening here? I have. Okay. I have done it all. I've done the behavioral hall. Giving the reason. I haven't done it in Arizona. Okay. Huh. This is the first major metropolis area that I've been in Arizona. I was thinking maybe Phoenix. I would try to do it. But again, it's a matter of getting a response. It's an issue. Right. I, I tried that through Texas, through New Mexico. I tried a little bit in Louisiana and was not able to get a response. And one, one part of the issue is that that, uh, that I'm not in a place for a long period of time. So I'm there for a few days or maybe a week tops, and then I'm moving on. So if you can't squeeze me into a schedule, maybe that's part of the issue. Right, right. Um, that's true. Well, um, I was actually, before I was doing all this, I actually was in social work for about two years here in Amazon. So I worked in the behavioral health ward and uh, mostly with uh, the AIDS Foundation. So I was doing a lot of work doing uh, substance abuse counseling and things like that. So I can definitely give you some places to go check out. They've always been great. And I bet if you just walked in and let them know what you're doing and say, I would love to kind of just see your facility and you guys give me a little bit of background on how things are going here in Tucson. How do you feel that mental health is, you know, um, you know, taking over Tucson or uh, how it's affecting Tucson in any possible way? Because they would be more than happy to get information like that. That would be great. Yeah. Would that I think be able to help you with like with your journaling and get you know information? Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. The, unfortunate, the unfortunate time constraint is that I'm uh, picking up my nephew and uh, or possibly meeting my nephew in Phoenix next week on okay. Tuesday. So it comes to a time constraint. Oh yeah, like, what day? Yeah. It's Saturday. Oh. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Saturday. Um, well, yeah, probably. there's still you know there's plenty of yeah, people reach definitely. out and even yeah. talk to people on the phone or whatever. Exactly. So our show is only an hour long. We're at 40 <laughs> minutes right now. That's why I was just kind of looking. I couldn't figure out on the program. They changed all my designs on this little program. So I couldn't figure out how I was looking at beats and time bars and beats and minutes and tempo. <laughs> um, all in all, when when you go out there, well, first of all, how can people get in touch with you? Let's just say that. Um, well, they can... Uh Either go to my website, which is brianwalksusa.com. It's B-R-Y-A-N, but I've also got the B-R-I-A-N because people typically spell the way, so that'll push it through to that. Um, I have Instagram and Facebook, and that's Brian Walks USA. Again, B-R-Y-A-N. Okay. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty much it there. I've got a ton of cards that I'm handing out all the time that's got my phone number and my email on it. Um, and we'll have a stack here. Just cool. You can leave some here if you want to. Oh, yeah. Leave yeah some I'll here. give you a bunch. Um, and what what do you want to say to 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 everybody? Just in summary of, of what you're doing, your your uh, your journey. Just uh, learn that people that we need to start paying a lot more attention and putting a lot more focus on this. Uh, it, it's a problem that's getting worse. If you go into the cities, they say within the last three years or so that uh, the, the, they're saying that we almost doubled the population of the people that are on the streets, the people that are the homeless people may have drug abuse problems, but you can't just disregard them because of drug abuse problems. There's a strong correlation to mental health issues that, that is related in there. And again, it's, uh, you know, what is the, the, the problem, whatever. I don't, I'm not one that's ready to give up on people just because so many people are just ready to say, okay. Thank you for that. So many people are just ready to say, okay, they're on drugs or on the streets. You don't want to worry. They don't matter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they matter the under not even knowing yeah. the situation. Yeah. Even, even if you're a person that, that's focused solely on the economics of the situation, yeah. 
if you could get these people back to work in society yep. or functioning in society, the amount yep. of money that you would save and the amount of money you would contribute. Right. So even if that's your only focus, right. you would... Uh, you, yeah, seriously. You, you would be totally different yeah. on where, where our approach needs to be changed um, yeah. for mental health. Yeah. Just we need more awareness, like what you're doing. I mean, there aren't a lot of people walking for this or even talking about it. So, you know, thank you for doing that because it's something that it is important, huge, especially given the climate of our planet today, the emotional climate. We're all a mess. We're a hot mess. We can say that. Yes. We're a hot mess, and we need help. And uh, people need to learn how to not prejudge and say, well, you did this, so this means you're bad, and you, you don't deserve help. Or that's not the case. You know, you can't you can't say so unless you can uh, Brian, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Keep up the good work and keep in touch. If you'd like a phone call, maybe you can do it over the air, wherever you're really happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really in the in all aspects of what's going on at Perlin Law. I've been looking at many different aspects of the whole cannabis, what's going on there. You know, just looking at the, I thought it was like a CBD and a regular diet of the sugar and the inflammation that's causing the body. Yes, that is absolutely the truth. That's it for Wednesday, Wednesday today, Brian. <clears throat> thank you for kind of being on air today with us. Uh, we'll, air, we'll air the end of this later. Have a happy Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, we will see you all next week. Hopefully, uh, Cannabis Kid will be on air with us next week, and we'll have more of this uh, the rest of this interview. Uh-oh. What the heck? There we go. Oh, technology. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. We love you. Be smart, be safe, and educate. Yeah, if you could probably grab something at Target.